you know, <laughs> some vodka, vodka, some ginger ale, ginger ale. a little mint, <laughs> some, <laughs> some, some lemon, limon, 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 I'm saying home. I'm gonna be like this all, all night, y'all. You sit with your pinky up now. You know. Uh -huh. I try. I try to make a break. I try yeah, to make a break. That's not trying. That's doing it. Man, you did that. I'm sorry. One time. One time. What you got? Me, I'm doing an old faithful. Right? Uh huh. Because this, this, the rest of this 2020 is old faithful. Is old faithful. Right. So it's going cognac. Uh huh. Cream soda. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. And a cinnamon stick. Cinnamon! Oh, that's what I got. That's all right. All right. And don't forget the mason jar. The mason jar. Yeah, the mason jar. That's what we Okay, okay, okay. Now, how are you going to juice yours up? Man, I can't even juice mine up. I got some simple 1800 peach chased by some Tito's. Yes, close enough. I just like it simple. Simple. Okay. To the point. And. I'm just drinking some dirty ginger ale. Ooh. Dirty ginger ale. A little bit of yeah, it's really dirty. It's really dirty. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. So listen, welcome old silkers. Welcome new silkers. Now, go ahead, baby, kill him. You oh. are telling us. How was your day and what you sipping on? You know how it goes. Drop it down low. Drop it down low. What's up, Rick Arnell? In the voice of your boy. Uh-huh. And everybody coming in, we have with us Eric and Chad. And in case you didn't know, because I didn't really do a lot of pre-posting because I wanted it to just be like, pow. Um, <clears throat> we are on part three of our financial literacy and what, why we chose to go part three with it, one, because there's never going to be enough of information that you can get about financial literacy. And we closed out self-awareness, a six-week series about self-awareness. So what's the next step beyond self-awareness? Self-improvement. And this is the right opportunity to bring it back again with... What they told you they do, switch is vital to your next step in life. However, last week we talked about sex in the city, mm -hmm. and what are your thoughts on that? Oh, man. Woo so we talking about sex in the city during the pandemic? Just mm. whatever comes to mind. Whatever comes to your mind, you know. Hey, sex in the city, all right. Just keep your mask on. Keep your mask on. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> Say ye. Well, truth be told, I think that it was like a blessing in disguise, not for me personally. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, it was an opportunity for a lot of people to get to know a lot of people a lot more closely. Mm -hmm. Can't really hide when you got to, you can't go nowhere. Mm -hmm. So the person that you met during pandemic or during quarantine, chances are that's the person you're going to see after. So if you find a good one, salute, salute to you. <laughs> Now you got yeah. some gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Extended spring break. Yeah. Right. 
but I also rather buy land, so I'm kind of torn. Mm. Only because I don't want to be put in 30 years. I know it's a good investment for my future, you know, but I'd rather give something a little bit more substantial than a house that they gonna get, they could end up selling. They can sell land, but they most likely get more more value out of the land than a value out of a house. So there's that's me. All right. All right, baby. I'm I'm, real, I'm gonna keep it short. <laughs> I, I gotta let these professionals work the, work the room. You dig it? <laughs> <laughs> so hey, listen. For me, when I think of we go back to this financial literacy thing and knowing what to do. Um, I'm a novice in this thing. Let me tell you like this. But it's common sense to me, right? It's real common sense to me. You know, when growing up, they say knowledge is power, right? But knowledge with money is powerful. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I need a pen. Okay. Knowledge is power. But, but knowledge, knowledge with money, money. It's powerful. powerful. Somebody, somebody, please put that in the comments. Please. Because at the end of the that day, right there is gold. Because at the end of the day, you know, take it, man. It's all yours. Thank you, sir. I leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, how do we take back the community? How do we change the narrative in our own in our own community? Well, you got to buy it back these days in order to make the changes that you need to make. Right? How do you get there? Because some people don't know how to get there. But that's what these gentlemen are here for, to get you on track and lead you down that relevant road to greatness. Mm. Right. That's all I got. Sometimes short short is good, sometimes it's great. Yeah, brother, you want to jump in on that one? Go ahead. You want me to take that one? Take that one. Oh, man, I hope y'all type that in the comments because what he just said was dope. Can you say it one more time? I got you, man. I heard that growing up, that knowledge is power, but with money... Knowledge is powerful. Mm, 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 mm. And the thing about it is that, like, I think that there's pretty much three things that we have to keep in mind as we go about our journey, our financial journeys, right? First thing, and this is to me the most important thing, give yourself grace. Nobody taught us this stuff. Nobody took the time to say, hey, you know what I mean? Like, if you get a credit card, pay it back. Like, think about how basic that is. You didn't learn that in seventh grade. You didn't learn that in eleventh grade. You didn't learn that in thirteenth grade. You want to music Hell, it just started. You know what I mean? Right, right exactly. <laughs> so give yourself grace, man, because you're not designed to win. They didn't design this game for you to win. Nor me, nor anybody here. But it really comes down to number two at that point, which is a commitment. And persistence like you're gonna come across no's you're gonna come across denials you're gonna come across scenarios that are gonna make you want to put your head back into the sand but what I could tell you is that like from experience I've been there right where uh, things are great and then they weren't and it's all about that that's just, it's the roller coaster of life but you got to remember that as you go through this journey it's not about you like where you are right now you could take yourself to a level, but you know what I mean? Unless you really go for it, you're going to be where you are. And that's all right. It's about your kids. It's about their kids. It's about your nieces, nephews, the neighbor's kids. They're watching you, fam. They're watching you, and what you do is going to make all the difference. So just because nobody taught you, and this is number three, what you learn is important that you teach going forward. What you have, it's important that you give going forward. 
What you earn, it's important that you help somebody to learn going forward. And let me give you a perfect example. Baby just spoke about how her daughter is now an authorized user on her credit card. This is free game and this is, you know what I mean? Like this is heavy stuff. If you work to build your credit up and now you have credit cards that you paid on time, you keep your balances low. Bless your children by adding them as authorized users. Because as soon as they come into the credit game, they're going to come in a step above you. We didn't have that as a, we didn't know. You didn't know. So forgive yourself. Give yourself grace. Be committed to your journey. If you're trying to buy a house, a mortgage broker's no don't mean nothing. A realtor's no don't mean nothing. A seller's no means nothing. Because there's a house waiting for you. As long as you're committed and persistent on getting to that goal. And make sure that what you do, your children see and make sure that they learn the right thing. Because, yo, um, you know, I come from, from an era where parents put children on, you know what I'm saying, light bills to make sure to keep the lights on, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, we say yeah, it's bad parenting, but that's <laughs> right. But that's, you can say that's bad parenting, but unless you've been in that situation, right. when you need the lights now, yeah. don't judge it. It's just a part of our history. It's a part of the story once you've actually overcome it. And as long as you make up your mind to do it, it's done. So, you know what I mean? That's just my two cents. Alright, y'all. I guess it's so much. Get it, get it. Get loose. Take a sip, man. I'm just going to piggyback off what Chad said. He's right. You know, you just got to... If you And what Baby was saying, if you know better, do better. Um... We as a community, and this is people of color, that's African-American, any, any non-whites, we were set hey, back. Racist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I talk about my people. Yeah. We, we were, we were dealt a shorthand from the start Straight. due to the way the system was set up against our our, our parents and grandparents. Right. You know, there was that us? A predatory lending right. and... You know, redlining. redlining and all these different things that were set in place to hold us back. So now that we got our foot and hand in the game, we got to take advantage of these opportunities that's out there. So when you look at the credit situation, you got to under you got to take it upon yourself because they don't teach this stuff in school, which they should. This that should be part of your life management classes. Yeah, when was the last time you seen somebody in a lab coat? Other than the doctor's office, never. No. That they teach you biology and all these other things. That's, that's it. I mean, not bad thing, but yeah. But you know, they don't teach it in school, so we got to teach it on, on our own. We got to learn at home um, with the, the internet. You got to get out and understand how credit works, how you establish it, what causes you to fall behind. I've seen. I've, I've literally seen people's credit reports. And they would swear that they should be a 700 because they make good money and they're paying all their bills on time. And then they look at you pull a credit and they're 640. And they're like, how can I be a 640 when I make umpteen amount of money and I'm paying every bill on time? I'm never late. Well, your usage, your usage is off. You know, that's 35% of your credit score. You're, you're, you're supposed to use 30% of the balance. And if you got a $1,000 credit card and you owe $950 on it, that actually hurts your credit. Mm -hmm. They want you to only use $300 of that $1,000. Right. 
That's how you keep your credit score. We got to understand that these are the little nitbits and nuggets that we may not know or no one told us about. And we got to use that. We got to instill that in our kids. We got to instill that amongst each other so that we can grow. And if you want to own a home or want some land or want to open a business, first thing you got to do is put that financial plan in a place. Get a financial plan. You got to plan this thing out. You can't just go, I want a house, and it's going to magically appear. Because I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, I want a house. I want a house. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. But, you know, thank God through learning and, and pitfalls and potholes that I stumbled and bumped my way through, now I'm getting myself in a position where I could buy the house of my dreams. Not the house that they're going to sell me, the house that I want to buy. There is a difference between buying something and being sold something. When you go somewhere, mm. you're sold because you're getting what they tell you you can get. Right. Mm. get when get you it. go somewhere and you buy something, you're buying what you want because you can get it. Right. And, and a lot of people got to understand that. I don't want to be sold anything. I want to buy everything. Hey, so And that's where I'm at. You know, I, I know... Right now, in the position where I'm in, I, I, you know, I talked to Chad a couple times. You know, I'm working on my debt to income ratio, um, and I have student loans. Uh, however, I'm not in default. Thankfully, um, I was fortunate enough about four or five years ago to get in the loan forgiveness program. Genius. And um, it was, it was, it was. Trust me, it was. It. It's the if it, the information is there, but it's not easy to maneuver no, to get not in. Not at all. No. Which is sad because I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not just sad, but it's by design, Queen. right? And so, thankfully, I was connected with someone that basically knew the ropes, and they was like, "You gonna get in?" And I did, and for probably about four to five years, um, I had a zero dollar. Yeah. And every month Amen. it was zero dollar. It went towards the the loan forgiveness. Yes, yes. So then on top of that, I'm also in the in it based on well the one that I'm in is because I'm a, I'm in public service. Right. So you know yeah, I I, I get the ten mm-hmm. year, after ten years you know my my debt is you know forgiven, and um and then I'm on the income based um program is probably mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like two things in one so it, it's been a help it really has you know uh, for a little while as I was trying my way I did have some you know my student loans not really default but they were some late payments you know it is what it is um so that's gonna permanently for for whatever reason still be there despite no, that it's no, been no, not permanently well I think mean, that's years. Well, it's, it's, it, been seven, it's been seven years. It should it's be. still there? Yeah, I think so. But I, I have, I, you know, I got to, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but it's just, you know, so I'm, I'm just trying to get better at doing the thing because I know there was a time where, uh, you know, 400, first of all, I didn't even care. Like, I don't care about a credit. I just need to live. I was trying to survive. Word. So now I want to live. And there is a difference, you know, yeah. um, and, and, you know, and I'm not saying that home ownership isn't good. Home ownership is great, but you know, you, whatever is important to you, 
go for it. But the main thing I would suggest without being a professional expert in the area, I would always say is, even if you don't know, as a, an adult, you got to hear conversations and the, your little radar should be wanting to know. And if you don't want to know, don't deprive your children. Right. Absolutely. So my, my question, you made something good, baby. So how do you get yourself from a point of trying to survive the mentality of mm -hmm. trying to survive to living? Mm, you see that's me? deep. You know, because see, that's where I feel like most of our people at. Word. You know what I'm saying? Survive. We're just trying to survive. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing that they already have the resources to live. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it, I think, is embarrassment, too, as adults. Sure. Pride. Can I tell you? That, like, man, I'm 50 years old and I ain't, I ain't got shit, you know. Dude, you got to shake that off, though. You got to shake that off. Right. It's, it's like, like, but it's not too late to start somewhere. Yo, people hold on to that feeling and you holding on to it like you're going to gain interest or something. <laughs> True. Not going to happen. Let it go because the bottom line is, again, remember grace. Like, it's, I mean, We've gotten to the point that we are in our individual lives, and we have to celebrate that because a lot of people haven't. Mm. A lot of people haven't, man. Think about the people who've passed away. Think about the people who are homeless, man. You, you go downtown, you see a whole bunch of homeless people, and you know who knows, 10 years ago, they probably weren't much different than you. But we've come to this point that if you could be watching right now on Instagram, I'm only on Facebook, you're blessed enough that you can say, oh, you know what? My life is stable enough that I have internet, that I have a phone. And from there, it's a matter of taking it from where you are, man, and letting go of the shame, letting go of the embarrassment, and realizing that you're doing the best that you can with what you have. Now it's a matter of getting more. And when I say more, more information, more consciousness, more grit. Like, what, what, what bothers me the most is when somebody comes to me with a credit challenge and they say, yeah, 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 I'll take care of it myself, right? And then they, ooh. And, 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 it's, and it's what it is is you don't want to invest in yourself, right? Not, not you, because you're different. But some people don't want to invest in themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then when they start the road of doing it themselves and they see how much work it takes, mm -hmm. they can't finish. So be willing to make a wise investment into yourself but once you've made that decision, go all out. Meaning that regardless of what hardships come, and I can't tell you how many people have gone to a mortgage bank or have come to me and said, Chad, listen, you know, I want to get this house and, you know, my family's ready to buy this and da da da. And when, when I look at their income and I look at their credit, I'm like, not yet. I'd say, no, I'd say, no, you can't get that now. But they take it as a permanent thing when the truth is, it's just a not yet. And that means that in, in order for you to get to where you have to be is focus, discipline, and really doing the work. But once you do that, it's done. And you can get exactly, exactly what you've envisioned for yourself. So don't quit. That, that's really what it all comes down to. It's, it's, you can't worry about everybody else. Mm -hmm. yeah, social yeah. media had you right here thinking you was the, the, the slum. Yeah. Had your pocket watching for real. Yeah. <laughs> you can't I, I, I tell people a lot when, when people come to me and I I've, I've looked at credit reports and things of the nature, I said the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to attitude about credit is that you're so busy 
you're a broke person trying to impress broke people. Right. You got to get out of that mentality. You cannot. You cannot progress if you're regressing. If you're too busy trying to keep up with the Joneses and the Joneses ain't got shit, <laughs> you just trying to have an outward appearance. Taking care of your credit is a selfish decision. Believe it or not, you have to be very selfish to get your credit right. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize that. But you do. Because at, when you're trying to get your credit right, you have to... <laughs> I gave him hell. Yeah. I be giving him hell. But you, you got to. When you're getting your credit right, you got to put you first. Period. Yeah. You may want to take your woman out to dinner. You may want to buy the kids something. You may want to buy yourself something. But you got to put yourself first. You got to go, you know what? I got to hold on to my money. I got to go, yep. instead of going out and buying this or spending $100 on this dinner, let me take this $100 and put it on this damn bright house bill I got on my credit right. report. Let me pay off this $120 medical yes. debt right. or something that's on my credit report. That's a selfish decision. You got to, hey, listen, I want to take you out. I love to take you out to, to Eddie B's or Ruth Chris or something, but y'all damn it this week. I'm paying the bill off my credit. Yeah. Because in the long mm -hmm. run, it helps you yeah. and whoever you with. Right. Because it it ain't no fun going to the damn store getting turned down on an account. Straight. You I, I've been there. Right. I've been standing there looking at that dude in his face and he looking at me like, get the hell out of here, broke dude. You heard what I said. I've been there. Right. You know, you want to shoot up the joint. Yeah, you mad. You need a couch and rooms to go telling you you're going to have to come on all this money at the right, right now. Right. You ain't got to go finance it for two years for you. You know, yeah. so building your credit is a very selfish decision, but it's one that it has a great reward at the end. Yeah. And if you're willing to do that and understand, a lot of people always, like like Chad say, they say, well, I handle it myself. You've been handling it your whole damn life. Look where you at. Right. Obviously, you're not handling it. Oh, I, don't, I have people tell me, I don't need credit. I'll just buy it with cash. You know what? I tell people every day, cash is king. No doubt. Cash is king. But credit is queen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and they go together. And they go together. <laughs> you might think you got cash to do everything you want, but it's going to come a point in your time where your credit going to have to stand on its own. Right. And at that point, Pim. you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'll wait. I'll wait on you to put that list together. Now. I'll wait on to put that list together. One of the listeners is a cinnamon stick. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. Though. Yeah, I always turn them on. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, I'm glad you well, did. I wrote in my book that cash is king, but credit is the kingdom. Okay. You know okay. I mean? Because like, if you're able to to develop uh, a reserve of money, cash money, and then leverage it with credit, yo, we're talking about giving yourself ten times the purchasing power. Whether you're talking about real estate, whether you're talking about your businesses, whatever it is, but like these are essential elements that, and again, it's not beyond possibility. It's definitely feasible, but again, it's a matter of really committing to what matters most to you. A lot of the times, you know, like he said, we're spending time trying to impress people that we don't like, getting things that we don't need. And if we really commit to really focusing on the vision of what we want for ourselves, the vision of what we want for our families, those things aren't even in the peripheral. Right. Yeah. 
And it's a lot of times you're going to have to, you know, say no. And it's, and it's okay because it's as long as you individually or you and your mate is good, that's all that counts. It really doesn't matter. Your, or your family, you so and your family, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all good. Like, so, yeah, because I see y'all. And then, you know, once a month or every other month, mm-hmm. all right, I could, you know what I'm saying? We can toot a little more on that to the way, you know what I'm saying? But Because that's that's feasible. But it's in alignment with your goals, you know what I mean? And you need to be unapologetic about it, too. Right. But one thing I wanted you to talk about, I want to back back to what I was saying, You, I was saying earlier about the credit with the bureaus, because that was interesting that they're reducing credit. So, yeah, so... The gift and the curse that's going on right now is that if you've been experiencing any kind of financial challenges as a result of COVID, most credit companies, just about all of them, will give you some grace in terms of your payments. They won't report a late payment if you communicate with them now. You have to be able to reach out to them, communicate with them. But once you do that, it won't show up on your credit report. But what's happening with a lot of credit card companies if you say, hey, listen, COVID hit me on my head, I'm not going to be able to pay. Can I push my payments back to October, November, what have you? They'll say, yeah, no doubt. I've got you. And they're going to cut your limit hard. So it's really a balance that if you've done it already, it's cool. I mean, what's that come, we're still going to figure out as it goes. But ultimately, if the balance is dropped, but you maintain your payments, at that point, what you want to focus on you have to really go really, really hard on bringing all of your limits down as low as possible. Eric mentioned that they want to see that your limits are at least 30%, mm-hmm. but now at this point, we really, want to ex- we really want to expedite the process of getting you back to your higher credit limits by bringing them down to 10%. Your, your, your balances compared to your credit limits down to 10% or less, so that now after six months, nine months, they'll be coming back at your door saying, hey, listen, you're eligible for this credit limit increase. So take your time, right? Really get into a place of intention rather than desperation. Because as long as you just live in hand to mouth, you can't really eat until something drops in. But if you're in a position that you have your goal and you have your vision focused in terms of where you want to be, whether it's home ownership, whether it's just getting a better credit score, Regardless of what comes, just stay focused on the principles. Make your payments on time. Keep your, keep your balances low. So even if they do reduce your limits in due time with your good habits that you've developed, you'll be back in the game in no time. And another thing, like um, when you're when you're looking at your credit cards or any account that you that's a credit account. Mm-hmm. Don't take that grace period as oh I got time to pay the bill. Word. That I mean, the grace period is your evil friend. Right. It's your friend. It's that bad influence friend. That friend that when you go out and you say, "All right, I'm drawing good," they push forward. Drink. Let's do shots. That's the grace period. Understand that. That that you need to pay before the due date. Don't only use that grace period if you got to use it. Right. Get in the habit of paying the bill before the due date. I always, I, I, I had to learn and teach this to myself. I'm trying to pay my bills now three to five days before the due date. 
That way, I'm in a cycle of paying before my due date. And believe it or not, it always seems like when you're paying before your due date, it seems like you got a longer time to pay the bill. Right. Like, if the bill's due on the 10th, I kind of pay about a fifth. Yeah. At the latest, the eighth. Yo, what's the due date anyway, right? It's an arbitrary date that they say that, you know what I mean, you got to make a payment by. Right. If you set it in your head that, like he said, you want to pay three to five days ahead, there's no difference in your life. None. Not one. Because if the due date was three to five days sooner, you'd figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just readjust. And, yeah. And let me tell you another little tidbit that you may not know because you're utilizing them, them grace periods. Of, well, I'm going to get it at my next paycheck. Look at how your interest is charged Oof. on your accounts. Oof. A lot of these interest rates are charging by the day. Mm -hmm. So when you are paying late, you're paying more money to interest, which don't do nothing for you. It just puts money in that company's pocket. You're paying more money. It takes money from you. Yeah. So you're paying more towards interest. That's why... You know, if you look at loans, like like uh, I do personal loans, and then I, I and we do sub a lot of subprime lending. When banks are telling people no, they're coming into our office, we're giving them loans, and we charge state max rates. Now, no, we're not charging about a hundred or two hundred, three hundred percent, but you're getting 16, 17, 27, 30 percent interest. <laughs> and some of these people's interest is five dollars and fifty cent a day. Is what is going in towards interest. Mm. So when they make their payment, they go, well, how much went the principal? How much went the balance uh, to interest? Okay, so you paid your bill five days late and your $100 payment. Oh, mm. Okay, so $27 went to principal and the other wow. $73 went to interest. And you owe me. And you owe thousands of dollars. You're never going to get that bill paid off. That's why when you pay payments on loans and things that you're looking at, you're like, damn, I just paid them, you know, $100, or I just paid them this amount, and it's not reflecting on that balance because you're paying late. You're waiting to due dates to make payments. Don't wait till the due date to make the payment. Pay, them, pay, pay the bill with your check in front of the due date. Yeah. And then recover on the back end with your next check. Normally, what I do with my fixed bills, I try to split them in half and mm -hmm. pay them every two weeks. So it was a sacrifice, you know. Uh, that, and I need to get back on on target um, again. But it it helped because ultimately, I was paying. It looked like I was paying twice in a in a building mm -hmm. cycle. Right. But, but on the months where I had an extra pay period. It was a payment, an extra, like, so what, twice out of the year, you get two two extra check pay periods. So instead of me withholding it, I'm letting it go to whatever whatever my normal payment is, I yeah. let it go in. It, it may just be a half of the one payment, but it's still an extra $200 that's yeah. going in on that bill. That's true. That's so, one of the little small little things I so be listening to. Right? So I, I want to break this down to the basic. Is a, as basic as we can be, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about if you go ahead and get this credit and how you do it. So what if you already established some badass credit, right? And you don't you have a bad credit. You already it's already bad. <laughs> That's like backwards right there. It's already established it's already, that your credit is bad. I don't fuck this up. <laughs> so <laughs> so here we go, like 
you don't know how to. We don't know. You don't. You wouldn't know how to get out the hole. Get out the hole. So what do you do as a person who already has bad credit and they're trying to figure out how to get out this hole? Now we've already talked about the being selfish. Uh -huh. You know, holding it. You know. Coming up with a plan and sticking with it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a mentality thing. But if they don't have that mentality already built in them, where do they go next? You see what I'm saying? Yo, so I'm going to tell you something. Some of the mm -hmm. best advice that I got was during the recession. Mm -hmm. It had to be like 2010 when I used to do mortgages and I had uh, a mortgage company with like 100 people. Mm -hmm. And then one day it all just, I mean, it stopped. Like one day it literally just stopped. So I have all of these expenses that didn't stop. And it came to a point that like in 2011, 2012, I eventually ran out of money and I'm still getting these letters from all of these creditors. And I was, you know, it was really, really getting to me because I took pride in making all my payments on time. So I called my cousin, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm bugging out, man, I don't know what to do. He said, yo, listen, just don't open your mail. Don't open your mail. <laughs> It ain't going nowhere. Yo, that ain't a Trump, Trumpy answer. <laughs> That's a Trumpism. That's Yo, a Trumpy answer. Well, I'm tell you right now. So here's the thing, because there's levels, there's levels to it, right? The first level is finding peace within yourself and within your life. And if you let bills drive you crazy, then you can't find peace. Right. So if you're at a point where your income and your bills just don't match up, pick a few of them. That you just don't pay. Swear to God. That's where you start. Right. Now, before you do that, communicate with them. Because especially right now, they're going to work with you. So you won't end up having to experience late payments. Mm -hmm. So if you're having challenges before you're over 30 days late, call to make a payment arrangement for the future. Then from there, bust your ass to get the money. But let it go in terms of judging yourself because... When you add your judgment on top of your reality, it makes it so much harder to trudge out of it. But once you, and for me, what I did was I lost the house to foreclosure and it all just dropped. But once I let it all just drop and I was okay with that, I was okay with me, I was happy I was able to get out of bed because for a good year I wasn't, right? I wasn't able to even get out of bed or like, you know what I mean? Just care. I was super depressed. But... Once I let that go, I could then revisit the financial element with a whole new mindset. Well, okay, cool. Now, that's that's what it was. Let me create what it's going to be. And at that point, start to budget. Budget your money so you know what you got and you know what you don't. And at that point, you're going to be able to be consistent about working on what you can while you let go of what you can. All right? And, and I deal with a lot of clients that... There's too much month at the end of their bill, their paycheck, right? There's still a whole week of, you know what I'm saying, bills after their paycheck. So now what I say is you want to take your largest credit card limits, right? And focus on keeping those intact. The little ones that you, you know, whatever doesn't fit inside of your budget right now, let them go. If they're not willing to work with you, let them go because this is what's going to happen. Let's say they're going to collections. They get charged off and they eventually go into collections. Mm -hmm. Personally, I could dispute collections and get them all off, right? 
So you would have that initial negative hit on your credit, then you have another negative hit on your credit, which would take about eight months to get to, maybe more. But at that point, you remove the negative things and what's left? The positive things that you were able to maintain, the things that you were able to pay. And then from there, creating a plan to bring your, your balances down, and then from there, continuing to progress towards whatever your goal is. But to go all the way back, start with your end goal in mind. That's where you start, right? So you, you might have to let go of some things, but then be intentional about going after what you can and then going further than that. But give yourself, I'm telling you, being able to find that peace within yourself and realizing that your credit score is just a conversation about where you've been. It's, it doesn't tell me who you are. So when, when I hear you speak, yeah. when I hear you speak, I, I want to say it a different way. I like what you said. Mm -hmm. I want to say, be honest with yourself. Straight. Because at the end of the day, you could have, you know, if you, you know, started out making a hundred thousand dollars, and then for some odd reason, it fell down. Right. Now you're making fifty thousand dollars. Right. But you still got a hundred thousand dollar mindset. Lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You need to be You got you got to truly be honest with yourself. Put it on the cookie. <laughs> That's it. Let me let me um intervene here. Um, one of the ways that I advise people, because as a lot of people know, I, I do insurance and a financial retirement planning and things of that nature. And a part of that is getting someone together and making a, a financial picture, paint a financial picture for them for their life and and their goals. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to 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 getting out of that hole, mm -hmm. what I always tell people to do. It's similar to what Chad was saying in reality. I know it sounded crazy when he said, don't do bills, but it sounds crazy. But the truth of the matter is you do pick, for instance, credit cards with the higher limits. Those are the ones you want to take care of immediately. But more importantly, the ones that you let go, small limits, small debts, clear them shit stuff. Right. No reason that you when should you let a... I always tell people, and I and I and I hit them with this honestly, and I'm on the phone with them doing loans, and I talk to them in person at their kitchen tables. If I look at your credit report and you have a credit card or a bill or some kind of account on there that's less than a hundred dollars, I ask you, why you got this on there? And they said, Well, man, I never got around paying it. It's a less than a hundred dollars. Take $100 or $50 or whatever it is out of a paycheck, pay this shit off. Just, hey, I, I don't want to pay this. Boom. And to even go a step further, when you do, as Chad said, don't open that mail, let that shit go. There is a, 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 a technique to doing that. Yeah. When you don't open that mail, you don't call them. After you call them and try to work something out, they don't work with you. Don't call their ass no more. Don't talk to them no more. <laughs> Don't, for real. Yeah. Let them hit your, let them hit your credit report. Let them hit it for three. Months. Yeah. <laughs> let them hit it for three months, and then call them up and do a settlement. Just hit them with, hey, yeah, you know, I got this five hundred dollar balance on this card. Y'all done put it on my credit report. Um, I got two hundred fifty dollars right now. But it got to go to the collection agency. Let it go to collection. If it's on a collections agency, if you got a collection agency calling you, them your fucking friends. 
<clears throat> Believe it or not, they're your friends because the collection agency buy accounts. Believe it or not, roughly at on average a dime to the dollar. So your four thousand dollar apartment rental eviction bill that the collection agency got, they bought, they paid four hundred dollars for that. You uh, 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 no, actually they paid about forty dollars for it. To be honest with you, wow. Offer them bastards four hundred dollars, and they will take it and clear it off. And it's simple as saying, hey, I got $400 right now. I will pay you $400 to clear this up. Right now. They will take it. And can I, can I just... They'll take it. it. Boom. Ask for a faithful deletion. Ask to pay and have it deleted. Right? So don't send a dollar. Don't make an agreement. Don't confirm it's even you. Say, hey, I saw this on my credit report. I don't know where it came from. Don't, don't say, yeah, I know I messed up. No, 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 no. Pull a shaggy. It wasn't me, but it's on my credit. It wasn't. What can we do? If I pay this, can we get it removed from our report? Mm -hmm. Try that first because it works more than it should. And they will always, always take the money. These be, these businesses are in the business of making money. They're not in the right. business of dinging your credit. That's just a way of them forcing you to give them money. So you got to know, again, again, it just comes back to knowing how the credit situation works, knowing how to paint a financial picture, knowing how to take the steps to obtain the goals in that financial picture. That's why I spend a lot of time with people when they start talking about um, what they want, their goals in life. Mm -hmm. If someone comes to me and say, Eric, man, I just want to be straight. What can you do? Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter, I can't do shit for you to be straight. Go to church. <laughs> Go to church and pray. <laughs> now, if you want me to tell you how to be a little bit better financially, I can do that. But it's a re reasonable and reality of goals. Because if you are not having realistic goals, ain't shit I can do for you. Because let me give y'all a bit of advice. If you, if you make forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, don't jump your ass into a full five hundred thousand dollar house. Right. That's yeah. not that's you're I gonna be jumping out of it. You're gonna be jumping out of it. Right. Listen, I was told this a long time ago. It's still true today. You jump your ass into debt, but you gotta walk your ass out of it. You can't just jump. It's not an overnight thing. It's not an overnight fix. So if you go out there and you making $50,000 a year and you decide, oh, I'm going to buy a house and the Lord bless you to get you into a program and you got no down payment and you jump out there and the banks suck you in. They say, oh, yeah, we'll pretty for $350,000 home. And you go out there and get that $350,000 home and now you got a big old nice house that you ain't got no furniture in. You can't repair it when it breaks. Mm -hmm. You can you struggling to pay the mortgage on. Right. You got to choose between groceries and light bills. Yeah. You jump your ass into a sinking ship. You about to jump out of it or yeah. drown. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the truth. Know your limits. Have reasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. Be honest with yourself. So, yeah. Some some of right. the sippers got some questions. I think they got right. some good ones too. There you go. Two okay. things I want to ask you. One is. Repeating their question, which is, are you are you guys financial planners? And oh, I forgot my second, but are you guys financial planners? Not at all. I'm not a financial planner. My background is when I was 19, 
Um, when I was 19, uh, I had a rough year at college, and then they didn't invite me back. So <laughs> when I went home, they didn't invite him back. They didn't invite me back. They didn't invite me back. That's the nice way to say it. That's right. Right. That's a nice way to say it. You know what I mean? I got it. I was I was like a good two year old, a nice kid, looked cute, but two years old, you know. Anyway, I was just gotcha. I landed into the mortgage industry, and I learned about. Mortgages. I built a team. I became an owner of a branch of a mortgage company. Made a bunch of money. Learned about credit by messing my own up. Lost mm-hmm. the house to foreclosure. Uh, after I had like uh, I owned seven houses at one time when I was uh, by the time I was twenty three, and uh, I learned how to fix credit because I messed mine up and some of my friends messed theirs up. And at that point, uh, I, I after going through that process. I started buying houses again. I bought my first house again in 2009. Uh, no, I'm sorry, no, no, no. 2000, uh, I bought my first house again in 2015, right? So uh, I had to restart and I built myself back up and now I own properties in two states and I'm looking for a third. Cool. Well, I'm not a CFP, even though I flirt around and I keep getting told, hey, just take the test, take the test, take the test. I'm a financial consultant. I'm licensed with the state as an insurance agent. We sit down. We do. Insurance agents are basically the first step into financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a process of, well, I'm debating taking my Series 6 and Series 66 licensing exam, which allows me to actually call myself a financial advisor. I work hand-in-hand with financial advisors. We sit down together. We go over people's uh, financial records, credit reports, budgets. We do everything that a CFP does and more. We just do the investment side. I was this close to being my CFP. So, as far as I being called a CFP, no. Do I do the same work as the CFP? Yeah. I just don't get paid, get the charge for it. Mm-hmm. Basically, I do the same thing they do. I just don't get the charge you for it. Right. Um, but... I've been in the financial um, industry now for the five years. So, you know, retirement planning, college planning, I do all that. I do uh, protection, which is insurance. Um, I do crap, done credit repair. Ran. I was president of a credit repair company. And currently, I'm doing personal loans with the company. So, yeah. You got the experience. You got the experience. I got the You got the got I want you to also mention, because nobody never really mentions it, that you got to deal with IRS with the money that you don't have to pay now because it's called um, unearned income or something like that. So Mm -hmm. the money that you no longer have as debt, 
you get a nice little, they may settle in and all so forth, but then you get a little letter from the yeah, IRS saying yeah. that you basically have unearned income yeah, or something like that. Right. They won't take it. And they gonna, they want to yeah. right. so, so you can actually address that if you call to settle. If you call to settle, you can address that and say, hey, listen, this isn't my debt, so I'm only going to agree to it if you agree not to actually hit me with any kind of a judgment or a deficiency. Um, that's going to have me pay additional taxes on this money. Uh, they will do that, especially if it's a collection agency, because they didn't carry all the debt. They just paid the, you know what I'm saying, $400 for your $4,000 debt. So be willing to ask questions and be willing to make demands when you're settling your debt, including to not have that additional tax burden levied on you, because it is something that you would have to face. They don't. They don't tell you that. They don't tell you that. Part. Yeah. The, the the easiest way to avoid the tax burden is to deal with collection agencies. Believe it or not, if you deal with the actual the actual creditor, that's where you're gonna get hanky panky because they're carrying the debt. Okay. And that's where they, that's saving the charge, charge it off. Charge it off is like the loss. Loss. And, and the loss is your loss. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back it to you, hunt you. So if you deal with it, that's why I always tell people let it go three months. Don't talk to them. Let it go three months. Let it get into a credit agency. Once it's in that collections agency, all right, baby, because they didn't they didn't carry the debt. They bought the account. Right. And once they buy the account, now I can settle with them and get it taken off of my credit report. And then how long after okay, so now because of course it's gonna hit your credit, you mm-hmm. in the collections, you you got they do the you know, they so now you gotta wait what about six months, three, six months, so cause once you pay it off. You got to kind of wait a little bit so that it can clean, ask, it clean itself. The best way to do is ask questions. Um, but what are the questions? The, the so, question to ask is, uh-huh. how often do you report to the credit bureaus? Got it. Because if they report monthly, you got a 30-day wait. If they say we report every six months, you got a six-month wait. Because every company's different. A lot of them... Like the report monthly, they're getting it out and mm-hmm. get that letter for that that deletion, that letter of deletion. Get that to come yeah, in. Yeah, get the paper. Get you the paper. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah, give yeah. nobody money. They're not giving you something that says zero balance and we're deleting this off. If they're not doing that, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Okay, y'all. That's tip one. Next. <laughs> tip two. Ask the questions about. How often do you report? Do they report? Okay, so that you know how soon once you pay it, you get the letter first, and you shaggy them. Well, first that's tip three. Shaggy, shaggy, shaggy them. It wasn't me. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah, okay. it wasn't me. That's not, not even mine. Validate yourself. No. Okay. So if you got a moral compass. Unmoral your company. Let somebody else call. Let somebody else call on your behalf because technically it's not him calling on your behalf. I'm sure. I'm sure Chad done done faces and if he has him with his company, he will. The funniest thing in the world to me is when somebody owes a company debt and they refuse to pay less than what they owe. They would literally say, they got that big moral compass where I borrowed this money and the company said I owe, I borrowed a thousand, the company said I owe them seventeen hundred. I need to pay that seventeen hundred. No, like fuck you don't. It's with the collection. It's with collections, you know how much they own that for? Why do you need to pay them that? 
And then you and then you literally gotta break down the fact that, hey, go to cnnmoney.com, type in uh debt to credit card ratio, how much it cost cost to pay off a credit card, type in any of that shit in there. <laughs> it's gonna bring up a chart. And in that chart, it will tell you how long it actually takes to pay off credit card debt if you got a moral compass. <laughs> if, you got a moral compass. if you got a moral compass, ten thousand dollars credit card debt can yo, take twenty let, years to pay off. Let me help you with your moral compass, fans. <laughs> They're robbing you. Straight Jack. Jack. That's like saying, hey, listen, hey, listen, Robert, I'm gonna give you every dollar I have. You only got my wallet, but I have a stash in the back. Nah, fam, they're robbing you. The amount of interest anyway. that these companies are charging you are almost <laughs> usury, which means that they're almost illegal in most cases. They're on the fence of being illegal. They should be. So they don't take be a victim to your... I've never experienced that, by the way. My clients, I don't know, maybe they're a little more savvy and... Yeah, yeah, they like to be shady. They like shady. They got to buy that. They trying to say, nah, man. Let me tell you. The, the craziest thing in the world is they do that and they will argue with you. I've, I've literally been on the phone for 45 minutes arguing with I'm a guy. I'm not arguing nothing. Like, dude, do what do you want me to do? You call the wrong dude, do your thing. Yeah, but so, it, it's it's, yeah. it's people out there that feel like if they borrowed it or they took it, they Man, need to pay it back. That's and that's fine if that's you, but understand. Don't be, don't, don't make that They got, they, 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 they bending you over when you do. Oh, it's spelling wrong? Are you in? <laughs> right. They not even spelling wrong. They don't care what you feel or how you think. You gonna feel this. All right. So one more question here. What is your take on permanent insurance versus term insurance? So is that whole? Is that it permanent is, whole whole or? Is all right. So with the insurance, I like. Today, back in the day, permanent insurance and term insurance was whole and term. Okay. In today's insurance world, believe it or not, there's basically whole and term, but whole has a subcategory called permanent. Now, don't get them twisted. Whole insurance is that old school insurance. It's called final expense. It is... Uh, you give me this, I give you that. It's normally a small amount, and that's it. You know, it builds the cash value. It's not going to do anything special. Permanent insurance is a whole life insurance. So, it's, you buy it, it's not going to run out as long as you pay your premium. But you can do so much more with permanent insurance. Permanent insurance are things like IULs oh, or the... The twisted oh, insurance, yeah, it, it, it's things that you can use to invest. You can do things with it. It builds a higher amount of cash value okay. in it. It's just a better insurance. When people go per whole insurance slash permanent insurance versus term insurance, I always tell you the simple way to think of it is purchasing a home and lease and renting a house. Mm. Term insurance is renting a house. Mm -hmm. You pay me some money, you get to stay there. Mm -hmm. Term insurance. You pay me some money, I cover you. At the end of this lease, your ass got to go or you got to re-up. Right. 
That's what term insurance do. You buy it in five year, 10 year, 20 year, 30 year increments. Once it's gone, it's gone. And once it's gone, it's gone. It's normally cheaper than buying a whole house. It's normally yeah. cheaper. It's rent. It's rent. Now, there is a place for term insurance. I know a lot of people like Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey don't know shit. He's not licensed in shit. He shit, gives, shit. Dave Ramsey knows some shit. Dave Ramsey is a great budgeter, but when yeah. it comes to insurance, he gives out some of the worst advice in the world because Dave Ramsey would tell you never buy whole life permanent insurance. And Dave Ramsey bought per whole life permanent insurance. So he's telling you to do what he didn't do. Mm, okay. Term insurance is great. It has its place. I advise people to buy term insurance and whole life and permanent insurance. Why? Because by both of them. Okay. Now, here's the kicker. The younger you are is when you should be buying your permanent insurance. Yeah. Because you can get at 18 years old, you can get a permanent insurance policy that's a hundred thousand dollar insurance policy that will last the rest of your life, and you can pay about 30 to 50 bucks, depending on the company and the, and the policy. Okay. For the rest of your life. Never go up, never lose your insurance unless you stop paying them. Okay. Or you can wait till you got down 45 or 50, got your high blood pressure, now you talk about <laughs> now you got your diabetes <laughs> sitting there, and then that same $100,000 permanent insurance policy would cost you $150 or more. Mm-hmm. Same policy, just costing you more. So yeah. they, they, they upping the price because you're older and you're going to die soon. You're, you're going to die soon. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Term insurance, always cheaper. You get bigger increments. People like to buy $250,000, $500,000, million worth of insurance, and it only costs them $20, $30, but it runs out. Yeah. Remember this. I always tell people, remember this. You can use your insurance to do other things. Yeah. So when you go out and buy insurance, don't, just, don't look at select quote. Don't look at these commercials that say, Hey, we'll find a path. Then that's great and all. Yeah. But sit down with an insurance agent and go yeah. through these right. policies and say, hey man, listen, I want what's best, what best works for me. Right, right. In your younger years, even in your older years, you need to buy permanent insurance. I think everybody should have it because it's for life. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it no more. The term comes into play if you plan on having a family. Sending, uh, buying a house, having debt, because this getting into another side of what I do is, uh, I tell, I teach people money has three phases, and a lot of people don't know this, but money has three phases. There's the accumulation phase, the distribution phase, and the protection phase. It's a triangle, okay. and with this triangle. If you take any side away, it collapses on itself. No matter which side you take, it falls. Everybody always worries about accumulation. How I get my credit. How I get more money. I'm getting a better job. I'm making money. I'm buying this. I'm buying that. Creating assets. Creating this. Mm -hmm. And that's great. We want you to accumulate as much wealth as you can. But with that wealth, with that responsibility... It comes some other things. Okay, Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what okay, happens. Okay, Spider-Man. I got you, you got all this uh, 
accumulation going on. Now you got to start thinking, how do I protect right. what I have accumulated? Right. I went out and I bought my first house. It was a $150,000 home. Hell, I did good. Uh, life been good to me. God been good to me. I prayed on it. I got that paid off. I want to buy a bigger house. I want to reinvest. So I bought a second home. It's a $350,000 home. I take my first home. I'm going to rent that out. It's a rental home now. I got some property under my belt. That's great. But you are your biggest asset. Right. You got to protect yourself. You got to protect yourself. What does that mean? That means that if you protecting, if, if you accumulating this stuff, Money in the bank, savings accounts, checking accounts, IRAs, stocks, bonds, all this stuff. It needs to be protected. Right. Because if something happens to you, they take that shit. <laughs> if you build in this state, there's something called an estate tax. There's things that creditors, let me tell you, when people die, your credit, your debt doesn't die with you. It goes to your people's. <laughs> it transfers over to your descendants. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know that. People think, well, hell, I'm going to die. I don't care about paying them all. You don't care, but as your child, as your dependent, motherfucker, I care. I don't want to be responsible for what you ran up. Okay, so I'm going to pause right there. Motherfucker, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But that's what people, I, I've sought to, I, 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 I sat down with people at their table and heard these things from people. And they say, well, hey, I don't worry about that. I don't need that insurance. I don't get that because when I die, I ain't worried about it. But the people you leave behind got to worry about it. Now, granted, on one level, if you ain't got shit, they ain't coming for you. But if you've actually lived your life and you've made those credit decisions and gotten your good credit and you went out and bought a nice house, you know, and investing in some stocks and some bonds, and you pass away, you don't want your kids and your legacy to be, I left them with nothing and my family, my wife, my kids got to move out of you know, Windermere down to fucking the compound or the project somewhere because they had to downsize because I didn't leave anything to protect everything I bought them. And that's where your protection phase comes. You got to grow. So your term life ins insurance products, it grows with that. Hey, get a big policy. I got a million dollars worth of assets. I need a $2 million worth of insurance. Cover those assets and then some. That's your accumulation protection. Then there's the distribution phase, which a lot of us forget about. Distribution means how you're going to live after you start working. How do you live after you retire? Mm -hmm. Once you retire, mm -hmm. it's a damn shame that you spend 40 years of your life working only to get to retirement age and have to work the rest of your life. You are a slave to a job. You never lived a day in your life. Right. Because we all grow up, we get jobs at 15, 16 years old. We go through life. You buy houses, you get married, you have kids, you send them to college, you send them, you do this, you do that, you do this and do that. You get to 65, 66, 67, 68 years old. Say, God damn it, I'm tired of work. It's time to relax. And then you go to relax and you didn't prepare for the future because you didn't look at your distribution stage and your decisions when you were younger didn't didn't provide for you. So now I bought a house, but when it goes when things break in it, I don't have enough income in my retirement age to be able to pay for that and keep my same standard of living. How do I compensate for that? That's your distribution phase of phase of money. So that's how you gotta plan out your life. Right now we're in a at the age of in your 30s and 40s. 
you supposed to be starting to save for retirement when you was 18. Right. So we behind the eight Way ball. behind. And people go, hey, well, what about my 401k is good? Well, here's what I tell people. When you finish your 401k and you get off of a job and you work there for 25, 30 years and you look at your 401k and you leave that job making, let's say, $40,000 a year. Let's say you did good, $60,000. You make $60,000 a year, you retire. Your lifestyle has been budgeted on what? $60,000 a year. When you retire from that job, they decide your, your 401k is $600,000. You're doing good. You're like, shit, I'm going to walk away $600,000. Guess what? That's 10 years. You That's retire six. at 65. <laughs> at 75, your ass is broke. They hope you die first. Huh? It's die first. That's terrible. It's die first. Or what? On a drug addiction. <laughs> or you gotta downsize your lifestyle. Well, when I retire, I got dreams. When I retire, I want to buy RV. I want to travel across the country. I want to cruise the Mediterranean. I want to go to Hawaii when I want to. I want to take cruise to Alaska. I want to do all this stuff when I retire. When I do retire, it, I want to do all that <laughs> stuff. I, do it <laughs> I want to do that stuff. So that's why you got to take care of all phases of money. That's why it makes it work. You can't put emphasis on one without putting emphasis on the other. So, so my brother, Donna asks, okay, so what happens if you already acted on your moral compass and you're paying that debt? Can you go back and change it? Damn, Dom. <laughs> it's too late. You already did. It's me and I owe y'all $2,000. i am going to give you this $2,000. I got you. I want to pay it. It's too late. I can't see my mind. Damn, my mind couldn't see my mind. You must have forgotten that part where they said this conversation is being recorded for quality and customers. Unless you said it wasn't you. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe you got there. <laughs> no, you That's why you Ashley. Ashley, you know, fuck it. Do it. Go Do it for it. Say. Go. Fuck that meal. Go for it. Now. And then when they send it to another collection agency, now you back on. But we well, don't want you to be that nigga with this. Just for further knowledge, don't set up that payment plan with your checking account. Tell no, them, no, no. I'm going to pay you this when one time. Pay, yeah. And you yell it so it's recorded loud. <laughs> I'm going to pay you one time <laughs> on this account. Uno. And they charge you that one time. Don't let them do them real crying. Oh, he paying us this money. Oh, no, no, no. You do it one time and make them call you or bill you, you every month. That way you can control how they do it. Cause they'll you, run your money, bro. Bro, they'll run that shit. Yeah, man, I'm going to go out this night. And then you look at your account and that shit say zero. Oh, what the hell? Who the hell happened? Who got it? Who got it? AT&T got you, bro. AT&T got you. So, so what's, what's, the, what's the going number now to retire? Uh, they, it was, they say uh, it was a million dollars. What's, what's what they saying you should retire with now? On average. There is no real going number. Depends on your lifestyle. Yeah, it, put, it depends on your lifestyle. Because if, you if, you if you're on a cat food diet... You do it for a lot of less. Slot less. Yeah, I'm in the news all day. You know what I'm saying? All day. But, 
But if you're on the Mediterranean and boardwalk diet, you know, like my man that's said, a different conversation. Yeah. So it's really it's really a matter of you know um, I, I, you just broke it down too. I, I tell people this here, um, you pick your retirement age, i.e., uh, you get retirement benefits. I think right now at sixty six. Most of us are gonna work till sixty six. Experts say yourself, them, them. Most of them are gonna work till sixty six. I ain't working till. Yeah. Experts say you're gonna work to sixty six. Most most experts are saying most people are gonna have to start working till they're sixty eight. Mm-hmm. How long do you plan on living outside of the age of sixty eight? Uh, if you plan on living ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, thirty years, I always tell people that I pick a retirement age. For me, my retirement age is 60. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm picking. I feel like I should be done working by the time I'm 60. So you're goaling yourself. That's everything you do. So at 60, I say, God gonna bless me, and I'm gonna live till I'm at least 90. Right. That's 30 years. So I wanna be able to make enough money in retirement, make enough money for my retirement that I can live off about Sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year for the next thirty years. Mm-hmm. That's how you set your goal for retirement. Right. Now, if it happens and it's great, if it doesn't and it falls short, at least you don't set a goal to get there. Okay. Some of us have set a goal that we can't reach because we just started too late for that goal. Right. But in reality, I want to live off of sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year for thirty years after retirement. Yeah. I may die early, and my son and kids get all that money and. Debbie and Debbie be happy. Right. She bring oh, me oh. Debbie bring her Debbie bring her her, her, her oh. groove back. And oh. Oh. Hey, Not, days, <laughs> so okay. For those that have that did start a little bit later and they have to be a little bit more aggressive, what's what's ideal to be aggressive with retirement? Realistic and aggressive. Being realistic and aggressive with a retirement means that you're smart enough to make smarter decisions than you did when you were young. I.e., nobody can tell you, uh, okay, first of all, you start with the easiest thing is your 401k. How are you investing your 401k? When you get with people, when I get with when I stock market crash, your 401k, take a dump too. Right. Okay, sorry. Now, you, you, you brought up a good point. When you are working with a 401k, if you have a 401k at your job, find out how your shit works. Like, literally, it's your money. Find out how that shit works. When we get signed up for job benefits, everybody signs up for 401k. Yeah, I'm going to put, oh, they match 3%. Oh, uh, they match 6%. I'm going to put 2% in them. That's it. Okay. Did you, do you know how that shit works? <laughs> are you conservative, moderate, or aggressive? How much is going in? If they're going to match 6%, why did you only put 2% in? Right. That was stupid. If they're only going to match 3%, why you put 6% in? That was stupid. And I tell people that all the time. Find First, find out how you want to do your 401k and how it works. What are you investing in? What kind of stocks are you doing? What are they, what are they using your what money for? your money at? Second of all, know what your company matches. If your company, if you're allowed to put 6% in, but your company only matches 3%, guess how much you should put in there? 3%. 3%. People say, well, no, because I need more money. Great. 
don't put all your eggs in this basket. Well, give you three percent. <laughs> that other three percent, you can go open up an IRA. You can invest in some stocks, some bonds, some CDs. You can do insurance. That permanent insurance, those IULs, serves as more than just life insurance. Yeah. I got an IUL with Mutual of Omaha. My IUL, I pay my money every month, and it's invested as a invested on the market, not in the market. Right. That's not, key. That's Listen power. to the words that came out of my mouth. On the market, not in the market, which right. means that when they the market is good and the stocks are going up, I'm making money. When the market is bad and it crashes, I got a floor. Yep. And I just sit there. <laughs> and when the market decides it's going to come up again, I start making money again. So on the market. It's not, in, not the market. in the market. You can't have everything in the market because when the market goes down, you lose. When the market comes back, you win. Yeah. It can go down and stay down for a year. Yeah. You can have a bad year. 2020 is a badass year. Yeah, yeah. Like it or not. You losing money in your 401k by the end of this year. At the end, when they go through the year, the 12 month look, people I look, lost like 20,000 already. If everything you had was invested in that, how do you gain that back? Right. Simple math. If I got a $100,000 401k and I got a $100,000 IUL with an with a insurance company, and the market for the year does 25% gain. I gained twenty five percent, so now I got one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars on both. If the market does a twenty five percent loss, my four hundred one k is down to seventy five thousand dollars. My IUL is still at a hundred. Right. If the next year does a twenty five percent gain, my IUL is up to one hundred twenty five dollars. You on that where you started? Your four hundred one k. Isn't at a hundred thousand dollars. You got to remember, you lost twenty five. It started off at seventy five thousand dollars. You're twenty five percent of seventy five thousand dollars. You haven't even gained what you lost now. You're at somewhere around eighty five, eighty nine thousand dollars, ninety thousand dollars. That's where you're at. That's the kind of things you got to know and kind of sit. That's why it's important to sit down with financial representatives and consultants and advisors yeah. to go through these types of things so you know how this stuff works so they can tell you how to diversify your portfolio. Got a question? They ain't going to ask it, but I'm asking. What if you work for yourself? You're not, you don't work for the man. You work for so yourself. So now you ain't, you ain't accumulating that 401k like they would. You see what I'm saying? How do you tap in to what you're saying? You know what I'm saying? All the more reason to get. Okay. To get well, so, right? you see what I'm saying? Self-employed people, 1099s, people that don't have those 401k benefits. Mm -hmm. Business owners. My brothers and sisters, if you are a business owner, understand that you got to take that shit serious because it's your life. Mm -hmm. I.e., if you own a business, don't live off your business. Invest in your business. You cannot get have a business and it makes $50,000 and then you go live off a $50,000 lifestyle. Invest in that business. You got to put money back in that business and part of that, putting it back in your business is investing in your own future. 
What that means, if you are a small business owner, you own a business, buy yourself an IRA. Invest in some stocks. Invest in some bonds. Invest in some CDs. Something that matures on the other end. Ain't no money. Lazy money is never good money. What is lazy money, Eric? Lazy money is money you stick in the bank and then that's it. Okay, so you just waiting on the interest on, on bank. Bank interest don't pay nobody. Shit. Ain't nobody getting rich off of bank interest but the bank. Because they take your money and they invest it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that's what banks do. But guess what happens when you put your money in the bank? Your money sits in that digital account and you can go look at it. But the reality is the bank took that money and invested into this $100 million investment over here. And they loaned it to that big wealthy businessman. That's what happened to the bank. That's why it's FDIC insured. Because the feds will invest back. They insure that money. So if you come in and say, I want to pull it and the bank lost money. The feds will pay you your money. It's not enough to you. Ah, so that's why uh, when you go to your bank account, you have some magical money that show up. And you're like, oh, they put that in the wrong account. Yeah. Right. 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 That's the wrong That's the bank mistake. That's the bank mistake. But if you spend it, that's your ass is supposed to be. Don't spend it. Now, if it's in there in 60 days, it's yours. Right, right. Because they can't. It ain't a dispute in 60 days, it's yours. Yeah, it's. It's difficult, I know, to try to, when you're, when you're self-employed, to try to plan out your own thing, but you got to do it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're not running a business until the day you die, hopefully. You're passing it along to somebody, and then you want to live off something else. Again, stocks, bonds, IRAs, and you can get these things, and you don't have to get one. You, can't, you don't have to get one IRA. You get a Roth IRA, you get a traditional IRA, you can get your CDs. You get your uh, stocks, your bonds. You get all these other multitude of options out there mm-hmm. to use as retirement because those are what they're there for. Do you have any suggestions or recommendations of, of um, invest uh, stock company ooh, investors or whatever to utilize, or it's just kind of I stay out of that pot. Yeah, I stay out of that pot. I stay uh, out of that pot. But I will give you this tidbit. Don't just invest in anything. Right. Do research on stocks. If you're thinking about investing in the stock market, take it upon yourself to go, okay, well, first of all, what type of stock do I want to invest in? Mm -hmm. Chad, that next question is going to be for you. Do I invest in uh, technology, pharmaceuticals, you know, software companies, mm-hmm. car companies, transportation, energy. Know where you want to put your money at. Yeah. Then once you figure out where you want to put your money at, look at the different companies that's involved in that. Mm-hmm. Find what you think works. Watch. Listen, you can read. This stuff is all public knowledge, too. It's just a matter of you typing it into Google and finding out. Because yeah. these companies on the stock market, they have to release their projected reports and their past reports. It's, it's public knowledge. You can pick a company, see what its performance been over the 12, last 12 months. See what their projections are. How often in the last 12 months, how often each quarter, how often did they hit their projections? And then invest in them. Everybody don't have $1,000 to invest in Facebook or Tesla or 
uh, Google, or Yahoo, bro. Yeah, everybody don't have money to do that. It's little companies out there that's going to be the next Google. They're going to be the next Tesla. They're going to be the next Facebook. And they're doing good. They're going to be there. You know, Kansas. Cannabis. Cannabis. Right. cannabis is actually a good yeah, no I doubt. really need to get in there invest in it find a company invest in it yeah. um, but I, like, again I don't tell people specific stocks because yeah. you're not going to jump around and tell no, I know. Eric I told me to get in this stock are there some property investment companies that you can buy stock in if you want to buy the real estate but not buy individual properties. If you don't want to buy individual properties, you can invest in a REIT. That's a real estate investment trust. So um, the different REITs that, again, you can invest in, that you can research and find out what the best are. Um, personally, REITs, cool, smaller returns. And the beautiful uh, the thing about it is that if you have more money that you just want to gain returns on, interest just like stocks, and yeah, that's cool and all. So you'd look into a REIT. But personally, I'm a real estate investment kind of dude. You know, I think that there's, you know, when, when you consider the fact that you could invest in a REIT and make anywhere from, you know, six to eight, nine percent or even less in most cases for the more conservative and strong ones. If you're able to, whether it's flip a property, wholesale a property or even buy a property and hold it and rent it. I mean, the difference is, is going to make a huge difference in your lifestyle. So I personally think that. There's no reason why people can't just go ahead and buy their first property and leverage that first property through refinancing uh, and using that money to, for a down payment to buy more property and keep that prop, uh, that that process going. It's called uh, it's called the Burr method, actually, where you buy, you um, buy, you renovate, you refinance, and repeat. You do that. You could do that over and over and over and over again. To put yourself in a position where you actually dictate your market rather than being dictated to by a market. It's so the on the market. Yeah, I see Don asked the question about if you don't have kids or someone to leave insurance to, you do you need permanent insurance when you die, you can't take it with you. Yes, you still need permanent insurance, and I'll tell you why. Perfect example, I had a client who she didn't have any kids and she wasn't married and she bought... Chad signing off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she bought a... Sorry, man. <laughs> nah, it's so good. It was a pleasure. Yes, sir. It was a pleasure. I got to go um, wind down on my Wednesday and just go, you know what I mean? 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 You know what I no, but uh, thank you. My my the, this lady, she uh, she was a, a a client for the company, and she took the advice of her financial representative and bought the permanent insurance when she was about, I think she was 30, 35 years old when she did it. Mm-hmm. Now she uh, was about sixty, just over sixty years old, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. She was insured. Didn't have to pay for nothing. Didn't have to pay. You know, she didn't lose her insurance. You can't predict the future is why you have permanent insurance. Yeah. You buy it because you can be very well become what they call uninsurable. 
What does that mean? That means that if you buy a term insurance policy, and that's your only insurance policy for 20 years, and you bought it when you was 20, and then you read it up when you was 40 for another 20 years, and then you turn 60. And when you turn 60, you was diagnosed with heart disease or cancer or kidney failure. Insurance companies will deny you and say, we won't insure you. And you can't have, you won't have any insurance. Right. And that's a term policy. That's a term because it ran out and now they're like, oh, no, bro, you sick. We we not insuring you. You on your own. And now, if there's an insurance company that will touch you, which there are only a handful. When I say a handful, you're talking about two or three. <laughs> that, that's it. That will touch you. Right. When they touch you, oh, they touch the hell out of you. And then you pay. We're talking about six, seven hundred thousand dollars a month. Six, seven hundred dollars a month for insurance. Mm-mm. Because they know. Because you sick. Right. That's why you buy the permanent insurance while you're healthy and young. Right. Or well, or whatever you are. If you're 49, 50 years old, you still healthy. Buy the insurance. Insurance would never be cheaper than it is today. Yeah. So, yeah, you still need it. So you have it in case you can't do get right. sick. Right. You do develop cancer. You do develop a heart disease or, or, or rheumatoid arthritis or something, or kidney failure or something. Yeah. There's so many things out there that yeah that that can happen and you can't predict the future. You yeah. always 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 got to be protected. And so that's why you buy it even with nobody. Too, you know, or you yeah, know, you can take day, care of some debt. At least it, it can cover some debt that you might. It, it covers by. debt. It even I mean it's a legacy. Right. What type of legacy do you live leave? Uh, a couple years ago, I was at a conference. It was a national conference up in D.C. for financial advisors and insurance professionals mm-hmm. of color. Hmm. They have it every year and they move locations and it's a giant conference. Every insurance company, you can, big one that you can think of, have people there. They they, they call, We all come in. They have guest speakers. And one of the things that was taught and it was told to us that if you look at the generational wealth gap in America with middle class America alone, the average white family middle class America is roughly around $200,000 to $250,000 a year of income. The average black family is at like $80,000. And people say, what? That don't make sense. But think about this. If it's not true, Think about how they do these laws and taxes and things. They say anybody making less than $350,000 got to pay more. Why? Because it encompasses more of white America middle class. That's where their limits are. They're up here. Us on the bottom half, we down here, I make $40,000, my wife makes $40,000. That's only $80,000 in your family household. I make $50,000, she makes $50,000. That's only $100,000. Even if I make seventy five, she makes seventy five. It's only hundred fifty thousand dollars. You still lagging behind. It would take black people at the rate we're going and how we don't buy insurance and leave legacies for our youth and generations. It's going to take us over two hundred years to catch up to white America, middle class, medium income. Hmm. Medium income. Medium income. Where our medium income per household on average is at $250,000. They say it's going to take over 200 years to get there. Yeah. 
And the only way to make that quicker is if we, number one, make more money. What you see, we ain't making more money. They're not no. jumping out. They're not jumping out no. paying us more money. No. Or if we start taking things like insurance serious mm -hmm. and leave these legacies. Stop thinking to ourselves, I'm not leaving this money for somebody else to live off of. Leave your kids money for college. White kids go to college and it's paid for. Grandma died, her life insurance policy paid for. My dad put some money up. When I was born, they started me a college fund. And they now I can go to college and it's paid for. When we die, we do what? Go get loans. Right. Loans that you be on your credit report for 35 years, you still ain't paid. I saw a lady credit report. Literally, she had $150,000 of student loan debt. This lady was paying in a loan consolidation program, $16 a month. $16 a month. For how many years? 200 and something payment. Two, no, two, two or 300 payments. You know how long you're going to be paying on this? You 30, 40 years. Yeah. You're going to be retired still paying a student loan. Yeah, I ain't doing it. So I ain't doing it. Can't do that. Won't do that. So we got to take that kind of stuff into consideration. I'm still vibrant. Right. Yeah. And you, to add on what you're saying, E, uh, you know, we get these tax returns, right? Every month, every year, right? You get tax Some returns. People. Some people who get them. Right? <laughs> yeah, some of them. Uh, so, <laughs> use those tax, tax returns wisely. Invest. Yeah. Now's the time. To invest in yourself. Yeah. Instead of going out and buy that TV or that new car or, you know, everything. If you can manage on what you were doing before that tax return, you know, invest in your kids, as you say, put it up for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it, nothing makes me crazier than seeing black people in stores and Walmart on Black Friday. <laughs> oh, they like, why are you there every year on Black Friday fighting over a ratty ass TV? Mm -hmm. Have you not noticed that the TV you bought last Black Friday is the one you're replacing this Black Friday? They scamming you. They buy. They sell your TV that's doomed to go out in eleven months, right around November. Mm -hmm. In Walmart, anyway. In Walmart, you gonna go there and fight for another TV that's gonna be out in eleven months. Your yeah. Tax return come. Don't put rims on your car. Don't go to the casino talking about I'm gonna flip this. Yeah. <laughs> or don't put it in. Your, I mean, like, don't they invest make money on you. Don't invest on your. You forty five years old. Rap is over. <laughs> Don't nobody want to see your old ass wrap, out there wrap this credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Clean up right. your credit. Clean up some of those things on your credit report. Well. You know, it, it's a million other things you do. Go invest in the IRA. And go vote. So now, thank you all. <laughs> and go vote. Go vote. Oh, slide that in there. Mm -hmm. uh, tonight we had Chad. I have Chad's book. Oh. Um, I've meant to have him talk about it, but it's fine. Uh, so he has a book out. It's called The Credit Building Blueprint, Seven Pillars to Excellent Credit. And it's Chad Murray. You can find it on Amazon. All right. Um, drop some good nuggets in that one as well. And you can also find him, because I know he's gone, uh, to tell you who where you can find him. But uh, you can find him at www.yourcreditcoach.com yourcreditcoach.com and he can set up consultations 
with him. Um, and you can reach him. He is on, on Facebook. That's Chad Murray, C-H-A-D-M-U-R-R-A-Y. You can find him if you got some other questions for him exclusively. Um, or in addition to questions you may have for Eric, Eric Bass. He's on Facebook as well. He don't be he don't talk to people much, but right. if you if you hit him up, but he is available. So if you actually hear him, you you reach out to him uh, because you saw him on the show. Um, let him know that you know. Let hey, us know. Yeah, let him know. Hey, I saw you on sipping the conversation show, and uh, I wanted to get with you. You know. And he can set something up with you as well, and he can tell you his real information, how to find, how you can be reached. You can reach me through Facebook, um, or email me. It's probably better to email me because sometimes I I avoid Facebook a little bit sometimes because I I'm working and doing other things, and I apologize for people who reach out to me and take me <laughs> two or three days to get back to you. It's, that's life, you know. Right. You know. Idle hands ain't nobody's friend, you know. Though you got to be shaking and moving to make a little money and, and, and can do well. But you can email me at eabass94 at gmail.com. Um, I'm not, I don't have a true business email because I got <laughs> the long company business email, which I don't want you to go through that because they monitor that. And then right. I'm in the process of working my own agency up, and I'll establish an agency email at, at a later date but right now yeah you can reach me through that you can reach me on facebook if you hit me through facebook or uh, contact Carl, baby and buddha they can reach me and i'll be happy to, to work with you uh like i say my portfolio is kind of diverse now in finances um insurance retirement planning college planning um Thanks, i partner with a good friend of mine, he's a local guy, he went to Lake Howell, went to Notre Dame, he's a financial advisor. He is top of the table, and what that means is we call, they're in the insurance world, there's something called a million dollar round table. And to be a part of the million dollar round table means that you are one of the best advisors in the nation. Top 10% of advisors are the only ones that get there. He's a part of that table. Our Both of our mentor is part of top of the table. So that's the top 1% of the top 10%. All of us are African-American. <laughs> and my friend, his name is Joe Farrell. He actually uh, wrote a book, uh, two books. They're called Mailbox Money. Some of you have started seeing me um, post up some recently that said Global Mailbox Money. That's a charitable organization that he he started i'm part of where we i'm just going to play them quickly but we uh basically we pay per month a little bit of about 10 bucks a month we put it together and then we randomly do acts of kindness what that means is you can actually and it's local it's here in orlando apaka sanford it's it's local you may be in walmart one day and one of us may walk up and pay for your groceries uh, whatever you buy at Walmart right there or pull into a gas station and somebody might walk up and give you a gold envelope filled with $50 or 100 bucks in it. And it's random acts of kindness. They'll stop seeing them with the kids stand up on a street corner 
and weighed cars down when the car stopped, hand them an envelope of money. Oh, so nice. we do things like that. It's uh, called micro philanthropy. You know, we don't, we're not millionaires, but it don't mean that just because we're not millionaires, we can't give back to people who need Absolutely. it and want it. Absolutely. Into that nature. So thank y'all for having me. It's been my pleasure. Oh, man. Anytime. He didn't mean to do that. No, 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 no. no. Uh, it's cool because I know it's getting late. I got to go to work tomorrow. That's all right. Well, thank you, Sipples, <laughs> for tuning in. We just, you know, there's never not enough of information that can be put out there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to have a lot more questions, or you probably got questions that you didn't think about. So. Put them in the comments. Put them in the comments, or you can DM us, or again, you have eabass94 at gmail.com for Eric, and then you also have Chad, um, I put his web link, which is www.yourcreditcoach.com. And, um, you know, same energy, same time next week. What? You know what I'm saying? You know how this go? What? Hey, man, it's all good. You ready for the music, baby? You got anything else? Yeah, nah, I ain't got nothing else. Nothing. They said, they said everything. They said it all. Yeah, all right, all, man. This station. Yeah, yeah. Thank y'all for coming. Good night. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>